This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. War is the enemy of freedom. As James Madison, the author of the Bill of Rights, recognized, and I'm quoting here, no nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare, unquote. As long as America's politicians continue to involve us in wars that bankrupt the nation, jeopardize our servicemen and women, increase the chances of terrorism and blowback domestically, and push the nation that much closer to eventual collapse, we the people will find ourselves in a perpetual state of tyranny. It's time for the U.S. government to stop policing the globe. This latest crisis America's part in the showdown between Russia and the Ukraine has conveniently followed on the heels of a long line of other crises, manufactured or otherwise, which have occurred like clockwork in order to keep Americans distracted, deluded, amused, and insulated from the government's steady encroachments on our freedoms. And so it continues in its Orwellian fashion. Two years after COVID-19 shifted the world into a state of global authoritarianism, just as the people's tolerance for heavy-handed mandates seems to have finally worn thin, we are being prepped for the next distraction and the next drain on our economy. Yet policing the globe and waging endless wars abroad isn't making America or the rest of the world any safer. It's certainly not making America great again, and it's undeniably digging the U.S. deeper into debt. Indeed, even if we were to put an end to all the government's military meddling and bringing all the troops home today, it would take decades to pay down the price of these wars and get the government's creditors off of our backs. War has become a huge money-making venture, and the U.S. government, with its vast military empire, is one of the best buyers and sellers. But most Americans brainwashed into believing that patriotism means supporting the war machine fail to recognize is that these ongoing wars have little to do with keeping the country safe and everything to do with propping up a military-industrial complex that continues to dominate, dictate, and shape almost every aspect of our lives. Consider, we are a military culture engaged in continuous warfare. We have been a nation at war for most of our existence. We are a nation that makes a living from killing through defense contracts, weapons manufacturing, and endless wars. We're being fed a steady diet of violence through our entertainment, news, and politics. All the military equipment featured in blockbuster movies is provided at taxpayer expense in exchange for carefully placed promotional spots. Even reality TV shows have gotten into the gig with the Pentagon's entertainment office helping to sell war to the American public. It's estimated that U.S. military intelligence agencies, including the NSA, have influenced over 1,800 movies and TV shows. And then there are the growing number of video games, a number of which are engineered by our and created by our military, which have accustomed players to interactive warplay through military simulations and first-person shooter scenarios. This is how you acclimate a population to war. This is how you cultivate loyalty to a war machine. This is how, to borrow from the subtitle of the 1964 film Dr. Strangelove, you teach a nation to stop worrying and love the bomb. 
The media, eager to score higher ratings, has been equally complicit in making real war more palatable to the public by packaging it as TV-friendly. This is how you sell war to a populace that may have grown weary of endless wars. Sanitize the war coverage of anything graphic or discomforting. Present a clean war. Gloss over the actual numbers of soldiers and civilians killed, human cost. Cast the business of killing humans in a more abstract, palatable fashion such as a hunt. Demonize one's opponents and make the weapons of war a source of wonder and delight. Not satisfied with peddling its war propaganda through Hollywood, reality TV shows and embedded journalists whose reports came across as glorified promotional ads for the military, the Pentagon has also turned to sports to further advance the agenda. Tying the symbols of sports with the symbols of war. The military has been firmly entrenched in the nation's sports spectacles ever since, having co-opted football, basketball, and even NASCAR. This is how you sustain the nation's appetite for war. No wonder the United States is the number one consumer, exporter, and perpetuator of violence and violent weapons in the entire world. Seriously, America spends more money on war than the combined military budgets of China, Russia, the United Kingdom, Japan, France, Saudi Arabia, India, Germany, Italy, and Brazil. America polices the globe with 800 military bases and troops stationed in 160 countries. Moreover, the Warhawks have turned the American homeland into a quasi-battlefield with military gear, weapons, and tactics. In turn, domestic police forces have become roving extensions of the military, a standing army. We are dealing with a sophisticated, far-reaching war machine that has woven itself into the very fabric of this nation. Clearly, our national priorities are in desperate need of an overhaul. Eventually, all military empires fall, they collapse, and fail by spreading themselves too thin and spending themselves to death. It happened to Rome at the height of its power. Even the military Roman Empire could not stare down a collapsing economy and a burgeoning military. Prolonged periods of war and false economic prosperity largely led to Rome's demise. It's happening again. The American Empire, with its endless wars waged by the U.S. military service people, who have been reduced to little more than guns for hire, outsourced, stretched too thin, and deployed to far-flung places to police the globe, is approaching a breaking point. The government is destabilizing the economy, destroying the national infrastructure through neglect and a lack of resources, and turning taxpayer dollars into blood money with its endless wars, drone strikes, and mounting death tolls. This is exactly the scenario that President Dwight D. Eisenhower warned against when he cautioned the citizenry not to let the profit-driven war machine endanger our liberties or democratic processes. What we have is a confluence of factors and influences that go beyond near comparisons to Rome. It's a union of Orwell's 1984 with its shadowy totalitarian government, that is, fascism, the union of government and corporate powers, and a totalitarian state with a military empire extended throughout the entire world. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and in its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, 
This is how tyranny rises and freedom falls. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.